So we're going to talk about multifamily, but we're also going to talk about variables that may impact the value, the income, the supply. We're going to talk about unemployment. We're going to talk about inventory rising. We're just going to talk about all things multifamily because I think there's a lot of noise in the market. We're going to talk about one of the professionals, Mr. Jonathan Twomley. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, Michael. How are you? I'm doing well. So let's talk about unemployment. It is Thursday when we record this. We got just got the weekly unemployment claims. I think they came in at roughly 240,000, slightly above expectations, but probably nothing to be currently worried about. Latest unemployment read was 3.6. So not currently a problem, but I'm sure you see the talking heads or the folks that probably own no assets saying that unemployment's going to spike and going to crush housing and crush multifamily. Uh, I am curious, what do you think about that? What do you think about rising unemployment being to the detriment of multifamily? Are you asking me, is rising unemployment a problem for multifamily as a general matter? Or are you asking yeah, me what I think is going to happen? I'm, I'm asking you, do you see unemployment spiking? You personally, un unemployment spiking over the next, however long you want to call it, rushing the values of multifamily? So listen, I'll be honest with you. I'm sort of agnostic on whether it's going to go, whether it's going to happen or not. I mean, they keep on telling us it's going to happen. It hasn't happened. Um, maybe we're getting a soft landing. I don't know. I mean, I've, I've given up trying to predict these things. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it, we could well be in a situation where, you know, interest rates were kept artificially low for too long because the Fed was scared and it turned out there was nothing for it to be scared about and interest rates goes up and everybody's fine. Who knows? I don't know. I don't I have no crystal ball. Okay. However, let's just assume that, that that unemployment does go up. Okay. And uh, if it does, then, and obviously everything is local, right? So if it goes up where your asset is, this is absolutely a problem for you. I mean, you know, it's, it really depends on the, the the degree of unemployment going up, et cetera. Um, mm -hmm. But it it is not, you know, jobs are what makes rents go round, right? And if jobs, right. if there are fewer jobs, there's less money out there, and um, and people uh, are going to be less willing to pay, you know, rent. I, so I got a quite I got a question for you. you. You've owned multifamily assets uh, for quite a while. Uh, just roughly speaking, what was unemployment when you were buying assets? It was because when well, I was, doing, yeah, it was, it was still like higher. Yeah, uh, I mean, unemployment when I was so when I was buying my first multifamily in South Carolina, um, this was after the, it's the the Carolinas took quite a while to recover fully from the Great Financial Crisis, right? So, I if I'm correct, I think unemployment was still around seven or maybe even eight percent. Okay. when I was, when I was buying. Right. And so, um, but occupancies were still strong. You know, that's, people were still, that's, that's where yeah, I wanted to go. Right. We're still people, people have yeah. very, you know, recent recency bias. Yes. I've operated in a world where Fresno unemployment has traditionally been double digits. Yeah. 10, 11%. And, you know, occupancy debt collection, we kind of, we know how to work through that now. Could we get there? Sorry, new house, new house smell. Uh, but I don't think a lot of people realize, you know, we're at 3.6 today. I think Fresno's at eight, which may sound high, but again, we're historically 11. If we go from eight in Fresno to nine and a half, we know how to operate. I don't, I think people are just screaming unemployment's going to destroy everything, not realizing that there's a lot of buffer in there to get back to kind of normal. Yeah. I think, I think the issue is if the, 
current rents that people are getting are, you know, if that unemployment, the low unemployment right now is baked into that number, Got right? It. So okay. if, if, if the low unemployment is what's causing all of the rent increases that we've seen, right? then the tide is also going to go out, right? That makes sense. And, and it really depends on the degree of it. But I think, you know, I would be frankly scared if, uh, if my unemployment rate tripled in my market, right? Like you're Ripple. like, you're, okay. well, you're saying if it goes from three to, to nine, right? right? I mean, yeah, yeah. that'd I be would, a problem. Yeah, that would be it. That would but be a big problem. Three to four and a half a problem? Probably not. I don't, exactly. that is probably not it's a problem because, yeah, because if you're already in an undersupplied situation, you're, you're probably okay. Now, but, but rents could soften, right? So you, maybe you're not going to get rent increases, right? Except when you're really like, doing a value add and you're changing the character of the apartment, or if you find a building where rents are artificially low, even in that market, and those deals are out there, right? I mean, there are sure. those those landlords out there who just don't raise rents for whatever reason. So in those situations, you can do a big rent bump, right? Because you're just bringing it to what the market is. But I think where, where you see the this, uh, if, if unemployment is an issue, where you see it is in your inability to push rents on renewals, right? And so- um, and you may find that you've got more vacancy because now people have more options, right? Because maybe yeah. there, maybe vacancy has spiked up a little bit. And and this is happening in some markets already, but this has nothing to do with unemployment. It has to do with supply and demand. That's some where I wanted to are, go. That's where yeah. I wanted to go to next. So again, the other thing I hear about multifamily is all this in the, this new inventory, the shiny new stuff is coming. Now again, I'm not in that world. You are. It does seem to be very local. Like there are some cities where there seems to be a lot of these new things coming, but that's not a national story, exactly. I think. Yeah, it's not a national story. And it really depends on what market you're in, right? So if you look at um, some of the latest data that's come out uh, on, so I think Yardi Matrix, they, have, they do a report every month. They just brought out their most recent report. And like rents in New York City were up 5%, 5.5%. Right. I saw Manhattan just had another record at like 55, 46 or something. Just yeah. wild to think. And about. like surprising to me, actually, the best rent growth was in northern New Jersey, where people are, I guess, you know, because they're moving, they leave Manhattan, go to the suburbs, and then there's very little supply because you can't build anything out there, right? It's all a single family zone. So there's not much multifamily. And the occupancy rate is like 98.7% or something wow. crazy, right? Across the market. And so they had really strong rent growth. Um, but you've got markets like a lot of the superstar markets over the last few years, like Austin and Phoenix, they've actually had rent declines because so yeah. much new supply has come on and it, it all, you know, it comes out and it's really disproportionate at the top level, right? So you don't necessarily see the rent declines lower down, right? But you do see the rent declines at the top where there's just, you know, an increasing supply competing for uh, you know, a, a growing market, but it's not growing as fast as the supply and it'll take some mm -hmm. time for absorption to happen. So, you know, that's, that's where you're seeing it, but it's definitely not a like countrywide phenomenon. Um, I think rent, at least half the markets, I believe in the latest survey had uh, increasing rents and yeah. some were flat and some were, were losing rents, you know, slightly, but that's again yeah. on an average, right? I mean, yeah. that's even, that's even sort of neighborhood specific and, asset class specific. So you may be losing, it's maybe class A is where the disproportionately, there's a lot of negative rent growth. But if you go down to class B, class C, where there's no new supply, 
then you're not seeing um, the negative rent growth. So, however, just to back up to the unemployment question again, if there is a spike in unemployment, where you're going to see it hit hardest is Class C, right? Because Class C is where disproportionately those are the frontline workers who are the first to get fired and the last to get rehired. And, you know, also where you people have the least amount of cushion if they do get laid off. So that's where you'll see your delinquencies rising, uh, vacancies rising, evictions rising, um, whereas like the B and the A will be relatively stable uh, if unemployment spikes, right? So the, obviously it's like there will be some impact, but there won't be the kind of impact that you see at class C. So it yeah. really depends on what the, what the you know, the, on the supply side, A is the problem on the demand side, C is the problem. Yeah, the other thing to kind of round out the discussion that I'm seeing is, again, we're seeing mortgage rates in the residential space stay above 7%, which yep. is causing record affordability problems. The longer that affordability stays this stretch, I have to assume that it helps multifamily rentals because people make that you know buy versus rent decision. And in a lot of the country, if not most of the country, it's frankly more affordable to rent than own. Yeah. Uh, and I think the longer we stay above seven, I think that trend continues. Well, you don't think prices will adjust downwards, though? I mean, naturally. No. Uh, I mean, in single families? Yeah. We've essentially taken the demand and supply curve and taken it down from 6.2 million transactions to 4 million. Mm. That's an entirely different picture. Uh, if you know, if you told me we were going to do 6 million transactions this year, yeah, price has to come down. But we don't have to do 6 million. Right. Uh, again, I tell people to go get my 53-year spreadsheet. I think people are shocked, and you may be shocked, but we'll play the game here. So 1978, we do roughly, I think, 4.6 million transactions. Then the Fed starts raising rates. They raise rates essentially for the next four or five years. Guess how long it took for transactions to get back to 4.6 million? 10 years. Yeah, 12 years. 12 Most years. people guess uh, four or five. Uh, so again, we're in for a slow grind sideways. Fannie Mae CEO just said that uh, Goldman Sachs is saying it now. It's going to be years of sideways. It's it's what it says in the charts. Uh, so yeah, we just took the the supply curve and took it down, the demand curve and took it down. So no, I don't I don't think prices crashed. I don't think prices correct. I think we're sideways for three to five years now. Again, places like Austin or you know Salt Lake, very regional stuff, will have problems, no doubt. But I talk about two things: Fresno and Nashville. Right. If you if you know your buy box in your area. But yeah, I don't I can't I don't see prices coming down. Even even if unemployment went from like three point six to five percent, prices aren't coming down. There's nothing for sale. In fact, yeah. there was a Houston broker I talked about on the Daily Financial News that that built a chart that summarized my opinion to the to the penny. He took uh Houston zip codes down the left and he took price points across the top, six categories, right? From basically cheap to luxury. And then he put a heat map. It is scorching red below the median and ice cold in luxury. Hmm. It's exactly what I've been telling folks. And again, in a market like that, it's going to keep the median price where it is. Yeah, um, interesting. So it's funny. I, I see I see something similar in in upstate New York where I I'm not looking to buy anything, but I just sort of like, like to look and see what's happening there. And what I've noticed is that anything that's below the median. And this is a small market with, you know, a population that is flat, if not declining. Anything below the median is sold almost immediately. Yeah. Almost immediately. Yeah. 
And again, that's not a recipe for declining prices. It's just yeah. now, again, if you happen to be in the luxury market, like, you know, some of the folks that follow my channel, you can get amazing deals. Somebody that follows my channel, shout out Tammy. She's been tracking a luxury home, ultra luxury. Let's be clear. Ultra luxury home for a year now. Finally got the seller to capitulate on price and have two lots thrown in. So now she's got not only a one acre ultra luxury, but a two acre ultra luxury property. So wow. again, the deal, if you want a deal, it's going to be ultra luxury. And um, that's just where we are, right? That that stuff's not selling. Rates are high. People are cash buyers move quick. It's just, it's a, it's a great time to be shopping for luxury and ultra luxury, I think. Awesome. Yeah. So Jonathan, well, where can people find you? Oh. Yeah. Come and join me in my Facebook group at yeah. Apartment Investors Club or uh, at apartmentinvestorsclub.com if you'd like to get on my email list. And if you'd like to invest with me, come to Two Bridges Asset Management, LLC. Uh, just Google us and we pop right up. Lots of people have come over, by the way, from this channel. So I'm really grateful to you, Michael. We get several people uh, a week coming over and signing up. Awesome. So um, if you guys are interested in getting in on my deals, come on in. There you go. Thank you, buddy.